0: Cleanup on aisle seven. As a young boy, I worked at a grocery store in Bonnell called Branham's Grocery. And I was the cleanup guy. And that was the days, those were the days when they had a loudspeaker in the store. And what they would do with that loudspeaker is if there was an issue that needed to be cleaned up, they would say it over the loudspeaker. Clean up aisle seven, and so uh, as uh, as I grew and paid more attention to that, I want you to know during the pandemic, I had an issue getting brown gravy, and I want to thank all of y'all for sending me brown gravy. All I had to do was mention that I didn't have any brown gravy during the pandemic, and I got brown gravy. I've got enough. And I was in Publix the other day on the brown gravy aisle, which is not aisle seven. And there was a jar of brown gravy that the young child in the green cart had reached out and touched as mom was looking over here. And it came off the shelf and it was a slow motion. As it tumbled down and hit the aisle, bam, went everywhere. And it was one of the large glasses. Yeah, clean up. I'll seven. You know, there's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up. And and let me just ask you this question. There's these things in your life that maybe have hit the floor and splattered everywhere and just looked like heck and you wish you could have grabbed that jar before it hit no matter how you try it's like when your iPhone comes out and you try to catch it at least let it bounce off your foot <clears throat> have you ever just made a big mess of something in your life I I know that I have, and the longer that I sit and think about it, the more mess-ups that I can come up with. Initially, I'd like to think, well, I maybe messed up a couple of things, but I mess up a lot of things, and the closer that I get to God, the, the closer my walk is with God, the more things I realize that I messed up or that I'm messing up. Now, this is not to condemnation, but it's just a fact that we are prone to mess up. It's in our nature. It's in our DNA. And the things that I used to not think were mess ups, the closer that I get in relationships with the loved ones that I have, the more I realized, man, I mess that up. I was talking with one of my children the other day. I won't say her name, but she's my youngest daughter. (laughs) And we were having a discussion on the phone. And I let it get a little out of control. That is, I let me get a little out of control. And my daughter parroted back something to me that I had said, yeah, John, that hurts. She said, Dad, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Uh Oh. Clean up all seven. And I realized that when I have these mess-ups, you can let them sit for a long time. Somebody's going to track through them, they're going to get cut on the glass. They're going to scale over. It's best when you have a mess up to clean it up as soon as you can. Amen? Amen. And, and I want to tell you a story today about a man that was close to Jesus, and he messed up. He messed up several times. His name is Peter. Peter. And Peter had a couple of fatal flaw type things that he's had to work through with God. And I want to show you that Peter's just like we are. And that God speaks to Peter just like he speaks to us. And that the same thing that can happen to Peter can happen to us as far as God restoring us. And so what I want you to get out of this today is to understand that the mess-ups that we have, you can tarry with them, you can hold them for a long time, or you can clean them up fast. Let me give you the setting. This is in the book of John, as you saw on the previous slide. It's in John 21. And the the good thing about the book of John is that, uh, unlike the other uh, synoptic gospels, the book of John, like from chapter 17, 18, 19 on, It focuses on the last couple of days of Jesus and his resurrection. I mean, you can really focus in on it. It Gives a lot of detail. And that's where I want to go with it today. I want you to know that the setting was the Passover. It was up in the upper room, and it was the last supper. Jesus and the disciples are gathered together in the upper room during Passover, just a few days before Jesus is crucified. Not only is it their last meal, but Jesus instituted communion then upstairs in the upper room. Jesus had washed their feet. I mean, it was an intimate time of Jesus with the disciples. Judas was there, and he was sitting next to Jesus. And as you remember, or maybe you don't, the disciples said, well, how are we going to know who's going to betray me? And he says, the one that's going to dip And Jesus with the bread dipped in his dish. We're talking about Jesus being betrayed that night. And in John 13, 36 through 38, as they're asking about what Jesus is explaining, he's explaining to them on the last few nights, this is what's going to happen to me. And he says this, he said, I'm going to be betrayed. And once I'm betrayed, I'm going to come back. And in 13, John 13, 36 through 38, Simon Peter says, Well, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, Where I'm going, you cannot follow now. But you will follow later. And he's talking about going to the Father. He's talking about Jesus being crucified, dead, buried, risen And then ascending to heaven to be with God. He said, Peter, you can't go there with me now. But you'll follow later. And Peter said, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered him and said this. And this was a question. Will you really lay down your life for me? Verily, truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Peter couldn't fathom that. And, and we can't probably fathom disowning or denying Christ. We, we probably just don't, it's not in our DNA. You know, here we are in church. There, there's no way we we're Christians. There's no way that that's going to happen. Will you lay down your life for me? Verily I tell you, before the rooster crows. See, before the rooster crows means before the night is over before daytime. Roosters will crow at the moon, a full moon at night. But he's talking about that next morning. You're eating supper with me and before tomorrow morning, you're going to betray me three times. So Jesus leaves the last supper. He goes out with the disciples into the garden. John calls it the garden. The synoptic gospels call it Gethsemane. And I want you to know that that word means an oil press. Uh, The significance that has is that Jesus is going to be in the garden and he's going to be pressed. He's going to be captured. And what happens when you're pressed and you're an olive, the oil comes out. And the oil in the scriptures represent the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is in the garden. He's approached by Judas, and he's arrested. And in John 18.10, it says this, Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. And Jesus commanded Peter, Put your sword away. Shall I not drink of the cup my father has given me? The first rebuke. He's already told Peter, "You're You're going to betray me in the morning. And Peter's going to prove himself, and he cuts off a man's ear. The other gospels say that Jesus puts a man's ear back on. And here's another rebuke. You know, it's funny how mistakes just follow themselves. And they're easier to make once you start making them. It's just like a slide that you get on, and you can just slide right down it very quickly. So Jesus is then taken to the courtyard of the high priest Caiaphas. And so he's in this courtyard... And he's hanging around with the disciples that were there, and all the people that were there. Some of the historians say that there were 600 Roman soldiers that came that night, and a hundred of the people in the court of the high priest. It was a big it was a big deal, and the Romans were there to make sure that the Roman soldiers to make sure that nothing happened. And in John 18, it, it says this. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus because the disciple that was known to the high priest, he went in with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. You can see that. The palace, the temple, the courtyard in. But Peter had to wait outside the door. And the other disciple who was known to the high priest came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty, and brought Peter in. And as he was brought in, here's what she said. You aren't one of the man's disciples too, are you? Peter said, I am not. Just like when my daughter said to me. Daddy, it's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying it. Bam. Clean up. I'll seven. I should have seen it coming. And here's Peter hanging around his first denial. And the scriptures say in John 18 that it was cold and the servants and the officials stood around a fire. Now I want to pause just a moment on this fire. It's a cold night and they're standing around this fire. This fire is mentioned a couple of times in the Bible. Anthracia. It's a coal fire. It's not like fat wood and big flames coming out of a barrel. It's one of those coal fires. I'm sure you've sat around them. The embers are there and they're big and it's just nice and it sends out a lot of heat. And Peter was there keeping warm and he was standing with him warming himself around this anthracia, this coal fire. And meanwhile, John 18, while Peter was still standing there warming himself, they asked him, aren't you one of his disciples? Are you? He denied it, saying, I'm not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? And again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, after the third denial, the rooster crowed. Clean up. Isle seven. That jar of gravy dropped and it hit. And the rooster crowed. Let me ask you a question. Has a rooster ever crowed for you. Have you heard that rooster crow when you realized you might have been in the wrong spot? You might have been in the wrong place. The Holy Spirit might have been talking to you. I'll tell you, the rooster has crowed for me more times than I would like to admit. The Holy Spirit, you know, don't say I'm tempted but I'll give you a way of escape. There's been times I've said, This is a clear way of escape. But I'm not going to escape. Cock a doodle The rooster's crowed. And before the rooster crows means before morning, before the day's over. Look, we all have had the rooster crow for us, we've all had it happen. We've all stumbled and fell. We've all messed up things in our lives. But I'm going to tell you, there is a way out for those of us who know the Lord, who love the Lord. He's giving us a way out. Winston Churchill said this, success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. Thomas Edison says, I have not failed, but I found 10,000 ways it won't work. You see, Your failures can help you succeed. Measure twice, cut once. When you don't do that, you're buying another piece of trim. (laughs) Because it's that much off. You see, God can clean up a mess up. That's what God's made for God is made to clean up a mess up. And I want you to know that the things that we mess up, God's not going to let them linger. All we've got to do is come to him. He, he even says that he forgets our sins as far as the east is from the west. He throws them in the sea of forgetfulness. John 21 one says this, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And it happened this way. Let me tell you what way it happened. Jesus was crucified. The tomb was empty. He'd appeared to his disciples, and about two weeks after all this happened, John and Peter and the guys were out fishing. I mean, it's a couple of weeks, and let's go fishing. And they fished all night long and didn't catch a thing. And this man that wasn't immediately recognized to them was Jesus. And this is the story. You've probably all heard it. Have you caught anything? No, we fished all night. We haven't caught anything. Well, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And they caught this great catch of fish. And as Peter looked, he saw that it was Jesus on the shore. And Jesus said, bring your fish. Come on. Let's have breakfast And Jesus was sitting beside a fire, Anthracia, a bed of coals that would cook a fish really well. And as he's sitting there by this fire, the same exact Greek word that was used where Peter was getting warmed, the same exact Greek word where Peter denied Jesus. Now Jesus is by that same kind of fire with a fish on it. And he says this, do you love me? And the third time he said it to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And the scriptures say that Peter was hurt Because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. You see, God knows all things. And God can restore us from the same mess that we got into. He can get us out of it. He'll go to the same place if that's what he has to. He says he'll leave the 99 and look for the one. That's me. That's you. That's us. And he'll go wherever he needs to go to find us. And he's showing us right here I know that you denied me beside this specific kind of fire. You know the smell. You feel the heat of the fire and the sting of the question. Do you know him? No. Cock a doodle do. He'll go back to that same fire. He'll lay a fish on it and he'll have breakfast with us. He will sup with us. You see, God's not afraid to go clean up our mess-ups. That's what he's about. He wants to restore us from the things that we do to ourselves, that we get into ourselves. He wants us to be free. Can you smell that fish cooking right now? See, God knows all things. He knows us. Now, if you've done something in your life that you're just thinking, I can never get past this. I promise you, there's nothing that God's hand can't reach. There's nothing that you can think or do that God can't restore you. Now, if there's something in your life that you've thought, well, you know, that's pretty bad. I mean, I wish I really hadn't done that. The way I talked to my daughter was wrong. Boom. Let's fix it right now. If there's something that you need to clear up with God, there's no better time to do it than right now. If there's an attitude or a thought or or there's an action that you think, I've really never settled that with God. If there's a mess that nobody has ever seen that you've covered up with a beach towel and you're just hoping Nobody sees it. You're hoping it just dry. just goes away. It can go away today. Let's close our eyes and pray for just a moment. Dear God, you can clean up a mess up. And father, we're so grateful that you went right where Peter messed up, right where Peter betrayed you, right where the cock crowed. You can go there and you can pick us up. You can dust us off. You can encourage us. Lord, you know all things. Thank you, God. You know all things. So, Father, the things right now that would bother those that are here or listening or watching, Father, that you would clear them up right now. Father, that you would go to them. They would hear your voice. Your Holy Spirit would come in and clean them white as snow. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you can go right to aisle seven in our lives. You can mop it up, clean it up, and we're good to go. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. Have a great week. I love you. God loves you. Amen. Hello. This is Pastor Louie. I hope you've enjoyed the message today, and I hope that it has encouraged you. If you need any further information about the message or our ministries, please contact us at the numbers on the screen. Our live worship is 10:30 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook at theLivingCornerstone.org. Be blessed.